Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. All that are tuning in, and of course those that are in the house, this is Wednesday Night Bible Class right here from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion. Call, text, email, tell someone you almost forgot, but you didn't. Tune in and you're going to be blessed. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's get right into it as we always do, and then we'll have, because I, I finally remember it took half the month, but I remember now, they will have a couple video greetings for the celebration of 25 years of pastoring, 29 years of this ministry being in existence. And so we are excited about this whole month. And the whole month we're talking about following God. That's what it's really all about. Amen. So get your Bible or your electronic device. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 7. And this verse is going to be etched in your memory before this month is over. Hebrews 13 and 7. Let's read that out loud together. Ready? Begin. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or the outcome of their conduct. Let's pray together. Bow your heads, please. Father in heaven, we are privileged, we're blessed to be called children of God, to be called out, to be separated. We are here because you have separated us from our sins and from the worldliness of sin. Speak to our hearts today through your man servant. Give us clarity and understanding concerning the times in which we live and the things that are important for us to remember. Bless every soul that will tune in now or in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. This is a particular message is following God, part three. Following God. The whole month, we're talking about following God. Because truth be told, following a man of God is following God. God chooses people to lead, guide, and direct other people. And so we're celebrating that memory and expanding that this month in regard to this particular ministry. So again, remembering, remembering is keeping something alive by thought and practice. Again, remembering is keeping something alive by thought and practice. God tells us in his word, and his word is what we should remember. So we live in a world where there is a fight for our attention. The world has things it wants us to remember so that they're replaced with the things of God we are supposed to remember. The world is fighting for your attention. That's why we have a great falling away, as the scripture says, and it's easy for people of faith, people that follow Jesus, people that love the Lord to get distracted and forget to worship, forget 
to gather, forget what God says, remember. So it's important that you know that the enemy is fighting for your attention every day, all day. And particularly now in this technological world where there are screens everywhere. I mean, you can go places, I'm sure you have. There are screens at the gas station. Somebody wants your attention while you're pumping gas. You go to certain restaurants, there's a screen at the, at the, in the men's room. You standing in, not to be too graphic, but you're standing in front of a urinal and it's a screen right there. Everybody wants your attention, but God deserves our attention. Can you say amen? Remembering is based upon evidence. Remembering is based upon evidence. You can only remember what you've experienced. So the New Testament calls believers to be witnesses because we've experienced God. We've seen God move. We are living, breathing moves of God. I'll write that down in the first person. I am a move of God because in him we live and move and have our being. And so everywhere we go, we are witnesses that God still saves. God still heals. God still delivers. God still does everything he has done. And when we show up, we are evidence that forces people to remember God still exists. Hallelujah. So we are witnesses. You and I are evidence. And as evidence, we become witnesses that God is in our life. So when we talk about what's true and not what we feel or imagine, a witness must talk about what's true, not what they feel or imagine. If you ever been to court and you've been sworn in, and they tell you to raise your right hand and, and they used to put your hand on the Bible. <laughs> and say, you swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Don't tell us how you feel, don't make up anything, tell us the truth, be a witness. And tell us what you remember that is true. That is what we believers are called to do. Because, write this down, what we remember is important to our health and our success. What we remember is crucial for our health. It's important to our success. <laughs> Here's a few common everyday things that we remember. You remember to eat. Oh, you're gonna remember to eat. You go, and you should remember to pray. You should remember to love. We're coming to midter midterms. You should remember to vote. You should remember to take your medication and other things. The things that we all remember that are for our good. Remember to brush your teeth. Especially if you're going outside to talk to somebody. So the Bible tells us to remember those who have spoken the word of God to us. We must remember them. We must not forget them. We must remember them so that we maintain in our hearts and minds the, li the living truth and proof 
that God exists and speaks through men and women of God to lead us. We must remember God chooses people, men and women, to lead us. This is so crucial today because we got, you know, the social media and everybody claiming they know what to tell you that you should do and how to live and what God says and what the universe means and all this kind of stuff. And the truth of the matter is only those that God has called and chosen and anointed are the ones that we are to listen to because they're the ones that teach us how to follow God. That's why the Bible says to remember those that have spoken the word of God to us. Remember them. They're important. Those who speak the word of God are people God has chosen to speak for him. That sounds so simple, but it's really not that simple because there's a lot of folks saying God told me to tell you. The key is did God call them and is God speaking to them? Because there's a way to tell if someone is speaking for God. They'll say what's congruent and consistent with what's in the word of God. It's very simple, but yet powerfully, profoundly true. So these people, the ones that are called by God, are people like Jeremiah who God foreknew. We talked about that Sunday. <laughs> who God foreknew. God foreknew Jeremiah. In other words, God knew Jeremiah before Jeremiah knew Jeremiah, and God knew Jeremiah before anybody else knew Jeremiah, including Jeremiah's parents. So God foreknew Jeremiah, and then God says, I set Jeremiah apart. What and why? He set him apart to anoint him and allow Jeremiah to speak for him. So, so then everyone that is genuinely called by God to speak for God, they were in the mind of God before you knew them. And God was communicating and downloading, if you will, his thoughts, his ideas, and his plans for you. You need to understand every man of God, every woman of God, every one that God has called to lead his people to help them follow who he is, to learn who he is. God knew them before you and I knew them and God implanted and downloaded his thoughts into them, his ideas into them and his plans for you, which then tells you and I something very, very important. There are some plans that God has for you that you can't learn until you hear it from a man of God. There are some plans, some things that God has ordained for our lives we cannot discover on our own. Mm -mm -mm. They come from people that God foreknew that God had on his mind that God put some of his thoughts, his purposes, ideas, and plans in them, and then they were birthed into the earth to tell us what they are. 
Now, Reverend, somebody just came into the building, and so I think I'm going to let him say something that Bishop Logan wouldn't typically say. And it's simply this. The reason I'm here right now is because God downloaded some things in me you need to hear. Hmm. God told Jeremiah, he knew Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, I called you, Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, I anointed you, Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, and I put my thoughts in you, Jeremiah. And then Jeremiah turns around and writes them down, and they become scripture. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah writes, for God, the thoughts of God. God says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God put that in Jeremiah's mind and in his spirit. And then Jeremiah was to tell the people of God what God was thinking. <laughs> Write this down. God took a man who was in his mind and gave him access to what was on his mind so he could tell God's people they were on his mind and he has thoughts and plans and good intentions for them. Let me say it again. God took a man who was in his mind and gave him, Jeremiah, access to what was on his mind so Jeremiah could tell God's people what was on God's mind that they could not have known unless God told it to Jeremiah for him to tell them. It's not a riddle. It's not a puzzle. In other words, again, there are some things God through prayer will tell me and put on my mind that he has plans for you that you'll never know unless I speak them to you. Mm. See, wow. I don't know when it shifted to this degree but I can remember when people believed in men of God. What do I mean by that? They believed that when the man of God said God said something, they believed that God said it. I know that a lot of things have happened over the years. A lot of things have happened. And the trust level is at an all-time low for all people in authority. Politicians, business people, educators, and pastors. But you need to understand that just because the world is going crazy, God is still sane. And God still has men that he speaks to that, has, that knows the plans he has for your life. And it's time that we recognize or re-recognize that if God wants us to do something, there's a plan and an idea behind it that's going to bless us. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is how we follow God. From the preaching and the teaching of a man of God who God has shared his thoughts, ideas, and plans with. For example, Reverend somebody would say to you, when we purchase these buildings, church and the school connected, 
I don't need a church. I don't need a school. This wasn't purchased for me. This wasn't my idea. None of this is my idea. This is all God's idea. He put it in my heart, put it in my mind, told me these are the plans. He said, now tell the people these are my plans for them. But what happens is, again, the enemy comes in. He takes the word of God. He twists it. He, he, he steals what you remember about God and replaces it with things you shouldn't remember. I mean, isn't that, isn't that really what he does? Isn't that really what he does? I mean, you can turn on the Internet and I don't get on it a lot. I don't do a lot of this because I just don't. I'm just I'm from a different generation. And plus, I don't want to hear all the mess that people bring up about church. Because it's 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 designed to get you to rem- forget what you should remember and remember a whole bunch of foolishness and mess. You know, I was sitting there just before service uh, tonight and I was praying and, and, and God just said, Holy Ghost just said to me, he said, you know, you know, the devil going to lie on you. If, if you don't do something crazy, he'll make up something crazy and tell people you did it. And for 25 years, we, we never had any scandals here. Uh, no scandal on me, no scandal on my wife. So but the devil, what he'll do is he'll lie on you anyway. Because he can't tell the truth about you. You see? And so you just need to know, even if you're not a pastor, the devil is lying about you. So what do we need to do? Don't give him ammunition. Don't give him something to say. Make him think about something to make up. (laughs) Don't let it be true. This is how we follow God. So when the enemy attacks the pastor, he's attacking the people. He doesn't want you to follow God. The Bible says, the scripture says, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Hmm. See, God didn't tell Israel these plans that he had for them. God told Jeremiah And he told Jeremiah to tell Israel. <laughs> Say that again. God didn't tell his people the plans, these particular specific plans that he has for them. He told Jeremiah. And it was Jeremiah's responsibility to tell Israel. And if you know anything about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, as he's called, Jeremiah was called to prophesy just before and during the Babylonian captivity. God had plans for them that wasn't in their mind. They didn't want to go into captivity, rightfully so. And they kept saying they weren't going. They had even prophets, false prophets, get up and say they're not going. And Jeremiah was beaten and put in pits and he was just totally mistreated because he knew what God was really thinking. And so there were times when God said, don't let that guy get up and say that, Jeremiah. You know that's not my plans for them. You get up and rebuke him and tell the people what I told you to tell them. Because before I formed you in your mother's belly, I had a conversation with you about this. So then the question is, or the issue that's in front of us right now, is who really are men and women of God that you can listen to? That's the issue for your life. Because just like throughout history and 
particularly here with Jeremiah, there were people that called themselves prophets that got up and said, God's going to break the back of the Babylonians. It ain't going to never happen. We God's people. And they were wrong. Those weren't God's plans for his people. Jeremiah was given the mind of God, the thoughts of God, the plans of God. See, again, my brothers and sisters, there are some things God only tells the leader so you can follow. It's this, this is not popular. That's not a popular statement. It's just not. Not today, because everyone wants to do what's right in their own eyes. Romans 15 or 10, 15. Reads, how shall they preach? Except they be sent. No one, my brothers and sisters. No one can preach, declare what God thinks, unless God has shared what he thinks with them. The fivefold ministers of the gospel represent the hand of God. Hand of God. Why is that important? Ezekiel 1, 3, the word of the Lord came to came expressly to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kibar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him. The hand of God was on Ezekiel. There were other people there by the river, but the hand of God was on him. Mm, mm, mm. See, the hand of God represents the power of God placed on a person. When God puts his hand on a person, he puts his power upon them. He empowers them to accomplish divine things for divine purposes. So when God put his hand on Reverend Logan, it wasn't just for Logan. It was for you. It was for you. It was for you to help understand what God is doing and wants to do in your life. The hand of God rubs God on people or rubs his anointing, which is God himself upon a person. Mm, mm, mm. When the hand of God comes upon a man or woman of God, God rubs some of himself, his anointing on them and gives them the ability to carry God's divine attributes to the world. So when you get in the presence of a man of God who God's hand is on, who God has rubbed some of himself on, you get into the presence of God. These are basic elementary things I grew up being taught that is being lost and not retaught or taught improperly today. Ezekiel 37 1 again, the hand of the Lord, he says, was upon me. And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of dry bones, full of bones. God's hand did that. Ezekiel didn't go looking for a valley of dry bones and then write this down. 
God's hand was on him and took him from where he was and put him where God wanted him because God had rubbed himself on Jeremiah and now Jeremiah, I mean Ezekiel, and now Ezekiel has divine abilities given to him by God to affect where he is. To affect where he is. When God is on your life, you have the power and the supernatural ability to bring change to where he puts you. The hand of God sent me here to Zion, to the corner of 27th and Ezekiel. God sent me here. I didn't come here because I didn't have anywhere else to go. Me and, me and Deborah weren't sitting up and saying, hmm, you work at Baxter, I'm at Abbott. What should we do? This is boring, these corporate jobs. Let's just go to Zion. No, no, we, 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 it wasn't our decision. We didn't come here because we didn't have any where else to go. We didn't come here because this was the most popular place to be. We didn't come here because I was invited. I was sent here. When Bishop Daryl and of course Pastor Pam started this ministry, it started in North Chicago. It started in a church in North Chicago. Then from North Chicago, it moved to Waukegan. And then it moved from Waukegan to here. This was all by what? The hand of the Lord. Why did we keep moving? Each time we moved, it was because of growth and we needed more space. Each time we moved, it enabled us to reach more dry bones. That's why the hand of God is on any man and or woman of God to bring human beings to a higher level of understanding of their purpose and their destiny. See, in Ezekiel 37, 11, let's read what it says. It says, then he said to me, human being, <laughs> son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. So God picked Ezekiel up in the spirit realm and put him in Israel in front of all the people of Israel. Watch what he says. He says, the whole house of Israel, they are saying our bones have dried up. The church is drying up. Where is the move of God? Our hope is gone. What, what God, where is God at? We need a move of God. And we are completely cut off. You're not the first generation or the first person that has been saved and followed God and got to a place where you felt like, where is God? Where is God? Things look hopeless. Things are hopeless everywhere. Everywhere I look, where is God? We're drying up. These dry bones were Israel. They were the people of God who lost hope, just like some of you in here and some of you watching have lost hope. You see no way out. And God takes and anoints a man and he will set that man right in front of you to tell you all hope is not lost. God will anoint a man and set them in front of you, set them in front of you to tell you God has not abandoned you. 
You would not know that God had not abandoned you if you stayed in your feelings and kept listening to your cousin and your co-worker and people that aren't hearing from God. That's why God anoints people and puts them in front of you and tells them what his plans for you are. So you get out of a hopeless situation. You get hopelessness out of your mind, out of your spirit. You get it out of your head that God has abandoned you and you stop thinking I'm cut off. From the blessing of God. Verse 12 goes on to tell us, God says to Ezekiel, these, this is what you got to do to these hopeless people. This is what you got to do. This is what you got to tell them. This is, this is the anointing I put on you, Ezekiel. I put an anointing on you for hopeless people, for people that feel like they're cut off, for people that feel like God has abandoned them. I put an anointing on you. And this is how you release that anointing, Ezekiel. He said, prophesy. Naba, which means to allow the spirit in you to stir your, up, up your spirit. And so whatever God has deposited on the inside of you, the Holy Ghost will begin to stir up your spirit and it'll begin to spring forth out of your mouth. Snobby prophecy, that that's in my belly, that that deeply has been imparted into me by the father to tell you has to get stirred up. And then I begin to tell you what he told me in secret. Shake you and get you out of your feelings and get you out of this and that and the other and get you to remember that God is your God and God will never forsake you. Jesus said that I will never forsake you. This is why we need to honor and recognize men of God, because they're the ones that have the mind of God that will tell us the plans of God and get you to stop thinking about the interest rates and how high gas and food is. He goes on to say, verse 12, say this, say this to them. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open the graves and raise you from the dead. Only God can do that. That's why we need to hear from God. We don't need to hear from man anymore. We need to hear from God. We need people that know how to hear from God that will tell us what God is saying so we know how to follow God. Everybody wants you to follow them. The Republicans want you to follow them. So they line on the Democrats. The Democrats want you to fire them, follow them. So they line on the Republicans. And independence is lying on everybody. I'll raise you from the graves, oh my people. I will bring you into the land of Israel. I will bring you into the promised land. I'm going to take you where I promised you. Tell somebody God's going to take us where he promised us. We need to hear from men of God that will remind us that God is going to take us where he promised us. I mean, wow. The preacher is to prophesy that God's not forgotten his people. No matter how hopeless it looks, God is still able. That's my job, to stand flat-footed under the anointing in spite of what it looks like, to remind you God is able. 
This is how you know you're hearing from a man of God. You don't ever want to think a man of God is a man of God to come say, you know, it's kind of hopeless. You know, it's kind of hopeless. It's, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, we don't know what we're going to do. Let's just come together and just see what happens. That ain't no man of God. God ain't told you that. God doesn't even talk like that. God is able to give beauty for ashes. God is able to turn graves into gardens. God is able to turn seas into highways. God is able to turn mourning into dancing. God is able to turn shame into glory. Somebody that's been shame, you're about to experience the glory of God. God is able to turn bones into armies. What he did with Ezekiel. All Ezekiel had to do was preach the word. See, the word preached under the anointing produces life. It produces abundant life. See, only the word of God preached to you can take dry bones and make them alive. I speak to you even now prophetically. Somebody that's dealing with some osteoporosis, some bone issues. I speak to you now and I say the word of God is beginning to strengthen you in your bones. You're not going to have brittle breaking bones. You're not going to fall and break your bones. The word of God is able to take dry bones and make them live and put life in them and put substance in them and, and make your whole life come back together. Why not trust God? Why get saved and stop trusting God? Why, why, why read a Bible you don't believe? Why sing songs that you don't believe? Mm, mm, mm. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. Uh, you still need to hear the word of God. You still need to sit under a man of God. Uh, I know it's comfortable at home, but sometimes you need to sit under the word. Hallelujah. You need to be in the midst of a man of God that's anointed by God. Just the hand of God alone upon them will bring transformation into your life. The enemy has tricked too many people. Then they don't want to come to church anymore and sit under the word of God from a man of God that has an anointing on them from God. Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that preaches or brings good tidings, that preaches the gospel, that publishes peace. Hallelujah. How beautiful, how beautiful on the mountains. How beautiful it is when you're in the valley of your life and you're going through H-E double hockey sticks and there's hurt pain, disgust, sickness, disease, frustration, and anger in the valley of your life. And you're looking for help. You're looking for a rescue, just like an army is being defeated in the valley. And they send out, this is what the scripture means, they send out someone to go get help. And they hope he can break through and they doesn't get captured and he can get to the other troops and get to another king or get to someone that can bring help. 
And all of a sudden, it looks like they're going to be defeated, that help is not going to come. And they look up and they see the feet. They see the same person they sent out. And they know if he came back, he came back with help. He came back. I came to tell somebody, help is on the way. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. Help is on the way. I am a messenger anointed to preach the good tidings, to publish peace, to bring tidings of good, to tell you something good is about to break forth in your life, but you got to stick with God. You got to follow God. Don't abandon your faith. God still reigns. You know, the Song of Solomon, Solomon sings a beautiful love song to God. It's attributed to women, and it can be, but it's in the Holy Writ. It's part of the canon of scriptures, so it's about God. It's about his love for God. Let's, let's just take one verse here, Song of Solomon, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. The voice of my beloved. I know you thought that was your wife. Let it be your wife. But right now, it's God. It's God. It's God. Right now, it's God. He says, the voice of my beloved. That's God. Behold, he cometh, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. The voice of my beloved. It's, it's, a, it's a word picture. It's a picture of, 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 a, of a believer. It's a picture of you needing help and being discouraged. Maybe in the midnight hour, uh, all kinds of reports have come to you that are not good, that they're negative, and you're frustrated, and you're worried, and you're maybe even fearful. But then he says, how beautiful is my beloved's voice. When you hear the voice of God, this is why you need to stay in an unbroken fellowship and relationship with God because he'll speak to hey God hallelujah he'll speak to you in the midnight hour and the word of God will break up all that crazy stuff the devil has been saying the doctor is saying family members don't believe your friends don't believe and your co-workers want you to die but when you hear the voice of your beloved it changes everything in your life you can wake up in the midnight late in the midnight hour God will turn it around with a voice with his word this is why you need to have and keep an ear for God. This is why you need a man of God in your life that will speak the word of God to you. Sometimes it might sound just like me. Sometimes you may hear a message or a sentence from a message I preach in the middle of the night. That's God. That's God. It's the voice of your beloved. It's God reminding you, I'm still here. I'm still in your life. I'm going to do what I promised you. You need to remember to hear the voice of your beloved. See, we're the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are God's people. We're his bride. We should be overjoyed when we hear the word. My God in heaven. See, this is what should cause more and more people to come back to church because there should be nothing you love more than hearing the word of God. I'm not talking about dogma. I'm not talking about hype and rhetoric. I'm talking about the word of the living God coming from an anointed vessel whose mouth has been sanctified. To preach the truth to you. 
we should be overjoyed to hear his voice, the voice of our husband. I don't know what you love hearing more than you love hearing the word of God preached to you. I don't know what you could love more than hearing the word of God. I don't know what you could love sitting under more than sitting under the word of God. When Jesus, after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to two young disciples on the Emmaus road. So he walks with them while they're talking about the events of the day. <laughs> and when Jesus realizes they don't have a full understanding of what just happened, the Bible says he opened his mouth and taught them from the beginning to the end. He opened his mouth and he taught them, giving them understanding of the times they're living in and the purpose and plan of God. And this is what they said when Jesus disappeared. Did not our hearts burn within us? Your heart should burn when you hear the word of God. You shouldn't just be a complacent, stiff, bored hearer of the word. When you hear, when we hear the word of God taught, our hearts should burn within us. Something should burn. No, I'm not talking about heartburn because you drank some Alka-Seltzer or you need some alcohol. I'm talking about your heart, your soul, your spirit, your inner man is on fire. Something is aroused on the inside of you because you heard the word. That's what happened to these two disciples. They said our hearts burned within us while he talked with us, while he was talking. He, he didn't even tune up. Hallelujah. No, he was just talking. The word was just revealing himself to us. And because the word was revealing more and more of himself, we began to burn on the inside. We didn't really understand what it was at first, but now we know. And now you should know that when the word goes forth, if you're truly saved, if you're truly a bride of Christ or a member of the body of Christ your heart ought to burn your heart ought to be burning now wherever you're seated wherever you are watching if you're watching on a phone your heart ought to be burning for the word of God being preached by an anointed vessel with a sanctified mouth they said our hearts burn while he talked with us on the way while he opened up the scriptures when the scriptures are opened up you cannot stay cold when the scriptures are opened up you you cannot stay indifferent when the scriptures are opened up. You cannot stay the same. Transformation will always happen when the scriptures are opened up. That's why we need to remember the man of God that speaks the word of God over us. Because your heart would be cold. You'd still be a criminal. You might be in prison. You might be a murderer. You could be worse than that if the word of God had never reached your heart and set you on fire and changed the course of your life and let you know God has a plan better for you than the world has for you. Everyone stand, please. I'm done. Don't get much plainer than that. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. 
I thank you for men of God. That sickle salaba set my heart on fire over the years. I thank you for the word of God that came out of their sanctified mouths that brought transformation into my life. I thank you for true gifts that speak the true word. Oh, I know there are all kinds of charlatans and false prophets, but God, today we are remembering real men and women of God, those you have your hand on, those that you tell your secrets and mysteries to, those you have told your plans to that have told us what you planned for us because we would be frustrated if we didn't know you had better plans for us than the others have for us. So tonight, we thank you. Tonight we remember what we're supposed to remember and we forget the foolishness that is being surrounded and thrown out about men of God now. We reject that foolishness so we can be empowered by what they say that you tell them. We're not going to run around and worry about scandals and this. Did you hear that and the other? It's designed to cause us to forget what we're supposed to remember. May we remember the things that are valuable to our success in the building of your kingdom. May we remember men of God and men of God indeed. And in this month, you want us to remember the man of God, the woman of God called James and Deborah Logan. This is the word of the Lord to those that have been influenced, blessed, touched, changed from the pulpit of Christian Faith Fellowship Church. The dry bones that became an army. The lives that came back together. Oh, man. The lives that came back together. The marriages that came back together. The families that came back together. The businesses that came back together. The finances that came back together. It came back together because the man of God preached the word of God. He was instant in season and out of season. He did it when it was popular and unpopular. We remember and we thank God for those that you had in your mind that you put your mind in that came out and you sent them to us and they continually share your mind your thoughts, plans, and ideas with us. In the name of Jesus, I bless the fivefold ministry tonight. I bless the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. I bless the hand of God sent to the people of God. Stir us back up, God, to honor and reverence and remember those you sent to us to bring us to the place called there. Heal and restore, God, relationships between God and man through your man and woman of God that are like priests unto you, that are in fact priests unto you. God, restore the relationship between the pulpit and the pew. Take away the strain and the pain and the, of the past and let there be healing and restoration so we can continue to follow you together. Forgive us for murmuring, complaining, like Miriam, like every generation that has a leader that they murmur and complain against. 
Forgive the murmurers. Forgive the complainers. Let us all come together and be united in this hour for the greater purpose of your kingdom. Let us all, all from the pulpit to the pew, let us all swallow our pride and forget the things we remember that are not beneficial so we can remember the things you say that are beneficial. In the name of Jesus, heal your church. Cause your people to know you're still God. You're still sovereign. And you still have people that you speak through that we need to follow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were 